Subway Angel. In 2018, the Saturday before Christmas, I was out on a birthday bar crawl on the Lower East Side. We were all getting a bit bored with the crowd and decided to go back to one of our friend's apartments to take a breather, listen to music, and decide what to move on to next. Cut to me realizing I had missed 10 calls from various members of my family. My uncle had been rushed to the hospital and didn't make it. My uncle was the youngest of my mom's siblings and was more like an older teenage brother to me than an uncle. We grew up together in a very close family. I don't think I realized how quickly grief hits when you get news like that. The sound of my father's voice cracking and straining to get the words, he didn't make it, out of his mouth was more than I could handle. I crumbled into a pile of tears right in the middle of the kitchen. In a daze, I made my way back up to Harlem trying to pull myself together and figure out what to do. I couldn't get anyone in the city on the phone. I couldn't get myself to call anyone in my family, so I needed to suck it up and get home that night. Mission accomplished. Flight changed, bags packed with the help of my neighbor, and a couple of Klonopin to get me the hell home. All of this is to get to the point of this story. I'm barely able to keep myself together as I wait on the subway platform. The change of ticket and my lack of savings just wouldn't allow for a taxi ride to the airport. Just as I feel like I'm about to completely break down again, I noticed a man in a lightly colored, absolutely beautiful suit. His blonde hair was curly on top and shortly buzzed on the side. I turned to take a bit more notice, then saw his face. Strange to say, but I can't recall anything about it now. It's a blank space in an otherwise very detailed memory. The only thing I can remember about his appearance is that it absolutely took my breath away. It wasn't in an OMG this man is so sexy kind of way. It was sheer admiration for the absolutely perfect and symmetrical face. So here we are, the only two people waiting at the stop on 145th. The man seems to be almost giddy with joy, as if he was seeing the world for the very first time. Not a crazed, forced happiness. He seemed as genuine as a child in Disney World seeing the Magic Kingdom for the first time. When we boarded the subway, he sat mirrored to me. I was in a far left seat, and he was on the opposite side of the train to the right. It was quite crowded, but I looked up at some point before the 125th stop to see he was staring directly at me. It wasn't scary. It was as if he was waiting for me to finally notice him. All he did was look me in the eyes, nod his head in confirmation, and wink at me. It gives me chills to remember it. The comfort that washed over me felt like a warm embrace. I felt the security of a child who has scraped their knee. That feeling of mom making it all better. I was able to get myself home, head held high, and without the help of the clonopin. I'm not a religious person. I have scuffed about God and I felt resentful when anyone brings up their beliefs. I don't know how to explain it, but I have this deep feeling that I saw an angel that day. All alone and navigating through intense emotions, I truly feel this man was sent to give me the comfort and strength to get home. It almost feels embarrassing to type that out, but I have no other explanation. A Little Boy This happened in Colorado Springs on Gold Camp Road. 
If anyone knows what I'm talking about, you know that this place is a hotspot for urban legends and creepy ghost stories. The road is located on the side of a mountain and has several large tunnels dug through the mountain that you have to drive through to get to the end of the road. It's mostly used to get to scenic routes that overlook the city and hiking trails. There are also all sorts of scary stories that I'm sure you've heard if you grew up in the area. The story goes that a bus full of small children crashed within one of the tunnels after it partially collapsed, and the spirits of those children are trapped in that tunnel. Supposedly, if you drive into the tunnel at night and come to a stop, turn your lights out and put baby powder or flour on your windshield, little ghostly hands will smear it all around. Also, and I'm not sure if the story has any validity to it, but I've been told a lot of people dump bodies over the side of the road. The cliffs and heavy wilderness apparently make it a good place to hide evidence. Anyway, this was all bullshit to me. I would drive the Gold Camp Road about once a week during the summer, as it was a beautiful night drive to take with friends, and there are several pullover spots to smoke pot with relative certainty that you will not encounter any police. Now, I won't be offended if you think the fact that I was a little stoned may have contributed to what I saw. Anything's possible. Anyway, my friend and I spent about an hour one night smoking, walking around the scenic spots, playing music, until about 3 or 4 a.m. Again, we had been doing this exact routine all summer, and were used to the dark, creepy tunnels and the heavy woods at night. And this particular night was no different. That is, until we started ascending to the peak. I'm not sure how to describe the feeling of getting to a certain point on the mountain, but it felt like a distinct passing over. There was a specific moment I remember feeling that we were in a completely different location. It was kind of like the moment in Spirited Away when all the spirits come out at night in the city in the beginning. It was like nothing was there, and we were alone, and suddenly it just felt extremely populated. We couldn't see anything, and it was still dark, but it was like there was energy all around us. It was like the sensation of being in a loud crowd without anything physically happening. I started to feel really uneasy, and my friend told me she was getting a little creeped out. I told her it was okay, we were almost to the second tunnel, and then we would descend. We entered the tunnel, and the headlines led everything up to the end. That's when I saw it. A very distinct, clear-as-day little boy was standing just to the right of the tunnel, almost touching the wall. He didn't exactly look like a real boy that would be standing there. Instead, he looked like the overexposed film photograph of a little boy. My friend and I both gasped, and I slammed the brakes dramatically. And then, just like that, it was gone. Now, I don't mean he disappeared. I mean we realized he was never there. You know that shock you get when you wake up in a dark room and see a jacket hanging on the door and for a split second are convinced someone's standing there, but as soon as your eyes adjust, you realize there was never anything there? It was like that, but there was nothing we could have mistaken for any type of figure. The tunnel was lit up by my headlights, and there was no rock formation or pattern in the wall or anything. Just smooth rock wall and the bright light of my headlights. I've never seen anything like it. What convinced me is that my friend saw it too, and neither of us had the stereotypical reaction of mistaking something for a ghost, like just jumping or feeling a shiver. I slammed my brakes because I was positive there was a child. And then, suddenly, there wasn't. Dead Birds 
Railway tracks are often said to be a hotspot for paranormal activities, hauntings, etc. The reason is quite simple. Many people die in a very violent and sudden manner when they are mowed down by trains. Such violent traumatic deaths are bound to greatly disturb the natural order of the surrounding environment with its negative vibrations, causing what we believe would be hauntings. Those who live in Mumbai's central suburbs would know that the long stretch of railway tracks between Bandup and Malund is considered especially haunted. Many people have witnessed paranormal phenomena in this site over the years. Due to the burgeoning population of the nearby town, a new railway station named Nahur was built in 2006 between Bandup and Malund. The incident which I'm going to relate now took place in 2016, when I was working in Antairi. Sometimes I would work at my office until very late, and then rush to catch the last metro train to the central suburb of Ghat Kopar. Then I would catch a late-night local train and alight at Nahur, after which I would walk down to the highway to get a bus to my neighborhood. There is a narrow path that one has to take to reach the highway, and it runs parallel to the railway tracks with a fence separating it. On the other side of the path is a heavily wooded stretch. The path is almost half a kilometer long and ends in stone steps which one has to climb to reach the highway. On this particular day, it was an hour past midnight when I got down at Nahur Station. Nobody else got down and the station itself was totally deserted, which wasn't unusual for that time of the day. However, when I climbed up the stairs of the overbridge to find the pathway, I could see a stray dog restlessly pacing on the bridge. When I started climbing down the stairs, the dog followed me and kept following when I started walking along the path. It was then quite evident to me that the dog wanted to go to the highway, but was afraid to go alone, and was therefore looking for some company. There were no lights on the path, and the moon itself was not shining very brightly. In addition, it had rained, and there were puddles of water everywhere. The dog stayed almost at my heels, but never passing me and taking the lead. From time to time, I could hear it whimpering softly. A solitary train roared past without stopping, momentarily lighting up the surroundings. I had almost reached the steps leading to the highway when I could see a small black lump lying on the ground a few meters from me. I took out my mobile phone and switched on the torch to see better. It was a dead crow, and as I drew nearer I could see that it was badly mutilated. One of its wings was broken and stretched out, its body was crushed and some of its guts had spilled out. I carefully stepped around it taking care not to tread on it. The dog was whimpering at a feverish pitch, and that puzzled me, as dead crows are not uncommon. I had taken a few steps ahead when I heard a coarse squawk behind me. I turned around in surprise to see the dead crow spring to life and take off, fluttering its wings wildly. As soon as it crossed the fence and flew over the railway tracks, it completely and inexplicably disappeared. I blinked my eyes in astonishment, and my shocked mind tried hard to make sense of what had just happened. The dog which had been slinking behind me decided it had had enough. Its nerve broke and with a howl that ran past me and sprinted up the steps as if the devil himself was at its heels. The dog's action broke my reverie, and I swiftly walked up to the end of the path and started climbing. I didn't run up the steps though, because several of them were broken, and slipping on them was the last thing that I wanted. I reached the highway safely. All of this happened in the space of 10 to 12 seconds. The rest of the way home was quite uneventful. However, to this day, I cannot forget the strange incident. It still gives me goosebumps when I think about it. Once I struck up a conversation with a middle-aged fellow who sits on the stairs and sells buttermilk. 
I asked him if he had ever witnessed anything strange, and he told me that eunuch prostitutes used the wooded stretch to service their customers. He said that once, a gang of drug addicts had murdered one such eunuch in the woods, close to where I experienced the strange phenomena. They left the body to rot, he said, and crows and dogs devoured it. Since then, dead crows and dogs are frequently found in those woods. The buttermilk vendor himself would always wind up his business at 9 p.m., he said, and refused to stay a minute longer. And me, well, I know what I saw. I saw a dead, broken bird come back to life and then vanish into thin air. <laughs>